0: That's it, Ed. It's all over. A a year and a week after the season started. um, Well, that'll be tomorrow, actually. So it's a a year and six days. It's the 11th of August when the season started. Um, It's finally over and we get to stop podcasting for, what, a A, week and a half?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... United probably won't start their programme until, what, the end of September? Something like that. They're going okay. to get an extra couple of weeks. Great. Uh, although the actual season will start on the 12th of September. But
0: so. th- this podcast is on United time, not actual season time. <laughs> is that, just is that right? Clarify. Yeah, because much like the players, the podcasters need an additional break,
1: especially after... No, I can go at it all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not weak like you. Strong. <laughs> The heartbreak
0: of uh, last night it was very, it was very sad. And, and um, you know, what I realised on a personal level is uh, it's a good thing, actually, because y- you can only have a broken heart if you're in love, right? So, like, the only reason that I was sad that this team, I wasn't sad when we lost to Sevilla under Jose Mourinho. Same exact result, 2-1, but a world of difference. I was angry. I was numb. I was...
1: Just concerned that yeah. what what the club would be. This well, was well, to, to use your phrasing, Jose committed a war crime that <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, it's absolutely it's... disgusting what he did, and you don't feel like that about United's performance last night against Not Sevilla because you know what they give it a real go. They were the better side on the night, and sometimes a good side doesn't win. Yeah, you know? and
0: and Sevilla were good too. Like they were defensively. Really good. Actually, uh, United didn't create that many really big chances. Um they they were they were that's not a criticism. I thought United's attacking play was was for the most part fluid and exciting and dynamic and I didn't think the players looked particularly tired. I think what you could say is we've reached the end of what can be considered an extremely successful transition season if Indeed, it turns out to be a transition season and not a peak.
1: You know, no, and I think we should come to this. I mean, we'd we'd discuss the game, but like, what's next matters. And a lot of this podcast, I think, we'll look back on the season and um, we'll look back on last night's game. We'll look back on the season. We'll do our famous NQAT awards, first ever, first annual (laughs) NQAT awards. uh, Coming after, it's it's like when the uh, the uh, Ballon d'Or became the FIFA FIFA pro, the best. FIFA the best or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what what? <laughs> anyway, um we'll do the awards and we'll think about what comes next. Uh because you're you're absolutely right. I mean you've summarized in ten seconds the the key here, right? So United invested heavily last summer in Maguire, Wampazaka, and Dan James. Now they paid massively over the odds, I think, for all three players now we can safely say. But <laughs> How, what does the investment look like in the future? Are they happy to be in the top four or do they want to push on? And Ollie has been calling this out completely. Anyway, we'll go on to that. Last night's game, you know, I, I, I felt frustration because United were superior. They created better chances. Um, there were a couple of one-on-one saves. Uh, they were, for, the, for 70 minutes, very fluid in attacking and then sort of ran out of steam, which I, I think we probably thought they would do. And, and Sevilla, um, although they had a lot of possession, it was in defensive areas uh, and they basically tried to hit United on the transition and did it successfully and exploited exploited United's weaknesses at, at, in wide areas or United's particular system in, in wide areas very well. And, you know, they are the Europa League kings, I guess, so perhaps we could have expected it, but it wasn't a poor performance from United and I think it's a good wrap up to the season.
0: Yeah and and you know the individual defending for both of the goals was absolutely terrible. I mean it was it was trivially easy for Sevilla to carve through us like a a knife through butter that's been left out in the Sevilla sunshine.
1: Um <laughs> yeah. It, it was interesting uh, watching the the timeline for that goal who people wanted to blame because everyone got the blame. Right? So Juan Bazaka not getting tight enough to stop the cross, and Lindelof uh, not probably not being in the right position. I mean he was too central, not close enough to his fullback. Uh, Maguire took heat from um, Jose's uh, right-hand man, Duncan Castles, but he's got an agenda there. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm happy to bang on Maguire because he makes a lot of mistakes that aren't obvious, uh, but I don't think that was his particular fault. And then, and then Williams. I mean, honestly, I think that was experience. He just didn't get. T- he, he had his man, and he just left him.
0: Yeah, um, so a lot of
1: people to blame. Uh, and and probably yeah 3 of the 4 made some mistake there
0: yeah i think i think maguire who gets a lot of stick from a certain section of the fan base um was the least to blame of all the defenders in that particular one i thought he was to
1: to um cover the cutback yeah and and, and it um, went he went far post not net post
0: yeah uh and then uh, the second goal, that was just so easy for them. And that was that looked like it was on Lindelof. Bruno Fernandes definitely thought it was on Lindelof. And by the way, this is a small side note. After that game, how much do you think Ali regrets making Harry Maguire captain and not waiting three months for Bruno to come along? Because Bruno is the captain of that team. It is crazy how much he's just in charge of what everyone's doing and where everyone
1: is. That's right, yeah. And look, I... And... and um... Having developed my career and, and got to a position of leadership, I, I know that it's not always natural and a lot of people assume that leadership in football is shouting a lot um, and pointing, you know. Bastian was great at this. I'm not, I'm not sure he was ever a leader in this team. Bruno is a leader, both in terms of what he does, but also in terms of understanding. He's obviously got, a, I think he'll probably become a good coach. He's obviously got a smart mind about what's happening on the pitch and... Um, and then he's got the third piece—the shouting a lot—and he's ha- happy to tell people when they're not performing. Um, so he's a leader. Pe- a lot of people expect Paul Pogba to be a leader, um, and he's not. I think personality-wise, he's—he's. He's, although on social media he's extroverted, on the pitch he's not. You know, he's—he—he he doesn't do a lot of that kind of. You should do this. You should do that. Kind of demonstrable leadership he leads in different ways, um, and and I think that's again people use that as a stick to beat Pogba with, but. That's, I don't think he wants to be that that player. I think he's probably much more comfortable now that someone else is shouldering the burden of creativity and leadership with he's, him. And, and Harry Maguire, yeah, he's Popper
0: is a, is absolutely, without question, a natural leader, but he's not a natural pointer and shouter. That's is exactly the point you just made. He's he is clearly a natural leader in terms of someone that the younger players look up to someone who's like very encouraged very engaged with the club culture and the team culture and all of those kinds of things and you know I mean we I, we talked about this when Sune said he didn't want to be a leader a few weeks ago literally just after he'd given an interview talking about pushing Mason Greenwood you know so it was it was crazy he's, he's clearly that but but yeah and um and Maguire isn't it has organizational skills and I think there's a certain you know he has a very natural template for a captain in English football in a lot of ways you know at a pointy aerially dominant centre-back you know that's 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 what English football looks to for its When leadership. he's not standing
1: in the wrong position, yeah, he can be erratally dominant.
0: He did um, uh, one really good block early in this game, actually, that I just wanted to mention because I feel like defenders get a lot of criticism a lot for their positioning he just did a really nice block being excellently positioned early in the game and um, there was there were so many nice bits of this game mm. so many should we start with the the opening goal for United
1: uh, United's yeah. 22nd penalty of the season <laughs> which has become a thing right it's almost become a meme hasn't it as if I mean there's a lot of opposition fans who see it as some kind of conspiracy uh the aforementioned castle mentions it on his podcast. I don't listen to everyone, but uh, frequently, I would say, uh, judging by the sample, um, I've experienced and okay. But this was, again, another case of a United player running with the ball in the penalty area, gaining a penalty. I, I did the math on it as well. I worked out how many times United had been fouled this year. About 3% of the fouls against United are in the box. You know, hey, it's not it's not over-egging it. It's a small percentage. And, and if you foul someone in the box, you give away a penalty, especially in the era of VAR.
0: Well, in this game, 50% of the time you foul someone in the box, you get a penalty because I, I genuinely don't understand why we didn't get our 23rd penalty of the season. But
1: Oh, no, for sure. We'll come on to that one. But this one, I mean, what this, should a penalty. Be, this should have been two penalties. What it's a horrendous challenge. <laughs> what
0: a pen from I mean, went we back know... to the
1: hop, skip, and the, the jump. I, the hop, skip, I like and top
0: bins. Hop.
1: How do you do hop, skip, top bins? I don't understand. Well, it just feels like it's a more difficult technique than just striking the ball because you know it's not just a flat trajectory. You've got to work out the loop, right? Because you could come on top of the ball too much, and he yeah. somehow manages to do it. And yeah,
0: amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, brilliant penalty, and um, and just just. Uh, you know, some excellent play from,
1: from United. Um, and, and and by the way, um, Costa, who made that foul, Diego Costa. Diego Costa? Yeah, I think so. I f- yeah. Diego I I Carlos. Like his- Diego Carlos, Carlos. I was like, I said it. I knew I was saying the wrong name. It's definitely <laughs> not Diego Costa. Diego Carlos, who made it up, I didn't get booked for it and then got booked later in the half uh, and then made another bookable challenge after. I was like, come on. Re- I mean, you know, that's... that was a yellow card uh, for this foul. The ref was
0: sort of interesting in this game because he seemed to be trying to let the game flow, but that was like an impossible task because it was a very quite a niggly sort of foully kind of game on both sides, actually. And there was a lot of play acting from them. And then Brandon Williams got in on the act by like, it's just like, yeah, he was clearly giving as good as he gets in the grabbing his face and rolling around stakes. And the one where Maguire sort of leaned on... Their player and the Lopetegui was going mad, like he'd elbowed him in the face, and went on and on at the ref. And the ref was like, I'm, "We're checking it. We're looking at the video." And yeah, anyway, uh, their goal. The well, it I guess, wasn't.
1: It wasn't just the rolling round. It was the screech.
0: Yeah, I guess VAR didn't go back as uh, as far as checking whether the throw should have been theirs um, or ours. Which is fun there it's were fine.
1: two phases of play after that yeah um I guess but but yeah for sure the throw should have been Uniteds and, and Sevilla wouldn't have scored yeah so I mean it's it's there were several phases of play and, and VAR doesn't check the validity of, of throws or corners in fact because teams have scored goals from corners that shouldn't have been so
0: um other notable things about the first half United created. Seemed to be like on the verge of creating all the time. That I think maybe the best chance of the half fell to Fred, and I'm pretty sure every single United fan in the world had exactly the same thought at that time, which is why oh why isn't that Mason Greenwood or Marcial or Fernandez or Pogba? I was gonna say or Rashford, but maybe not on the form of last night because he's he's still clearly really struggling. Um uh but Fred, I thought. I was very surprised to see his name on the team sheet because I yep. thought he was awful against Copenhagen. But he was vital, like snap into the challenges, five tackles in the first half of, of that game, which is a lot. Yes, so he's further. definitely
1: not a natural number six, is he? But he gets around the pitch a lot. He's doing the sort of and a job as a number six, and uh, he's got lots of energy. He, he, he's got the legs to get back when United are pushing forward which is interesting because although fit fit uh, Sevilla did have 55% possession in this game but as I said I think a lot of that was in defensive areas um kind of meaningless possession I expected them to have a, a fair amount of possession um but Ollie's picked that side for protecting against the transition when United were pushing forward uh, and that's why Fred was in there with the you know his energy and and yeah he did he did well I did. tactically he's not a number 6 But in a game like this, uh, I think he did better than perhaps we expected, right? Because of the, the poor performance against Copenhagen in the last game.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder whether that that kind of tactical lack of being an, like just tactically not having a number six is part of the reason why it was so easy for them to slice us open a couple of times because almost all the defending was on the back four once they'd beaten the press. So I thought the, the midfield did a quite a good job defensively in the sense of winning the ball back often because they well, they literally won the ball back often. But structurally, they weren't particularly sound defensively. It was a lot. A lot was left to those defenders which I don't think is an unreasonable tactic and and you know from a pure tactics perspective you can't really complain about this game in terms of what Solskjaer got out of the team and and how well coached they looked in an attacking capacity because I I know I keep going on about this but to me for the first time literally for the first time since Fergie this attack looks well coached they look like they know what they're doing they look like they know what everyone else is doing yeah
1: but but I think you've identified you know one of United's um, areas of improvement, which, which is what do we do with that number six? The, you know, the the player that will cut off the passing lanes and protect uh, the team before it gets to the back four, because there's errors in the back four for sure. And, and that's the second area we might want to improve, a quality defender to go alongside, I guess, Harry Maguire. You can't dump an 80 million pound defender, can you? No, and, and, then and third you don't area, have to, I think he's
0: he's good enough that we
1: don't you don't need to dump him. No, no, yeah, I think that I think I wonder whether a very good defender, maybe a left-sided defender, so he can go back to the right, um, but a very high-quality one would, especially a quick one, as well as good passer. So just like all the skills, <laughs> um, Rio Ferdinand would, would help bring. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, Rio with a left foot um I don't know, it didn't matter did it with Rio and, and Vidic which for uh would would bring up Harry Maguire's level a little bit but but then the third one is the one I I don't want to feel like I'm banging on about it but augmenting the attack if we're not going to play with wide players because we don't we don't have any wide players in the in the side um then we have to have attack from full backs and there just isn't any of that at all I mean Aaron wan is... He has a nosebleed in the final third. I, I know we, you mentioned last week he'd, he's got four assists this season, which is not so bad, but it's it's a, like an expected assist rate of 0.1 per game, which is not very good. Um, and then Luke Shaw doesn't offer that much. And, and Brandon Williams just wants to come inside because he's comfortable on his right foot. And I, I think that's just like the next step. Um, otherwise, it's all on the forwards. But you've got forwards and you've got two attacking players in Pogba and Fernandez. Um, there and and that would be another area to improve and United. would Be better and it would have helped last night as well. I think because you really saw the the difference in the styles with uh, Regi on and uh, who was the uh, who's the right back Navez. Hezus us. Yeah, like push forward all of the time, and it gave them overloads and, and United never have that.
0: Yeah, and and for most games the front five will win the game on their own. I think I think that will happen. Well it's literally happened since since january we've won most games we've played in and mostly we've won it with the front five on their own and some version of the front five um but that it's the next level isn't it it's the this has been a really good season based on the expectations we started the season with next season finishing third and coming getting into three semi final I guess I guess getting to the Champions League semi-final is a, is an inherent improvement on getting to the Europa League uh, semi-final so there's some nuance in what I'm saying but um but it it won't represent a really good season unless that's a third place which significantly closes the gap on the top 2 you know, sure. all of these kinds of things. So there's a little bit of nuance there. But essentially if we have this season again, if we scrape to third place by miles away from the top two right at the end of the season and kind of fall over the line in, in the cups to get to some semi finals, that's not gonna be a good season next season. And and this is this is the where do we look for improvements? And now yeah. Inherently, also, and I keep moving off talking about the game to talk about the the future because the game hurts to think about, but inherently, if we can maintain something close to our January form, post-January form, from the beginning of the season that will be a better season because the, the real disaster of this season all happen in the first half of it but it seems very unlikely we'll be able to do that just numbers wise given yeah. the the 61 of games options. right
1: can't, can't do that across 61 games can't play with an 11 man squad and, so. and that to bring it back to the
0: game this is now a huge part of the one serious criticism I would have had of Solskjaer about this game which is I know you so, don't trust your players on the bench but you've got there are some decent players on that bench they 're not uh, good, like a n- natural amazing game changer, but most teams don 't have a natural amazing genius game changer on the bench. You do stuff to tweak it tactically i mean i i i 'm not saying this would have worked, but i it felt like Juan Mata might have been able to add something in that last 30 minutes of, you know, a little bit of a different thing for them to think about. It, it almost seemed like he was kind of afraid to make changes because it was sort of working well enough, but but it needed some impetus. And, and his game management isn't... He's not exciting as a game manager at all.
1: No, and in this game, there wasn't a sub until the 80th minute. Dan James came on in the 87th minute and, and sure, we got 96, so he got nine minutes to impact on, on the game. Look, you can see for a long time, you know, Juan Williams wasn't really adding anything to the attack. I I, I don't want to be overly critical. There's a lot of people dumping on him. He's 20 years old. Yeah. He's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to offer. And it's really in defensive situations, he struggled most, but in attacking situations, he doesn't have a left foot. He doesn't really trust it. He's going to take some work if he's going to play there um, and be a real attacking output. And, and he wasn't really offering much. And, and and then Rashford was just having a really poor game with the ball at his feet. He, he just wasn't impacting on the game at all. So there were two obvious changes there. Um, the third one, that, which he didn't go for, and I think he could have done, was just to go to a back three and, and try and you know get an extra man into into forward positions. Uh, and they just all came too late. You know, four subs in the last ten minutes when it was desperate it was when Severe when the transition happened after about the sixty fifth minute or so when Sevilla was sort of beginning to really you know, we had that great fifteen minutes after half time when completely dominant and dominant and it you know, it wouldn't have been unfair if United had scored two goals in that period, but we didn't score any. Um and then you know this squad tire because they've had a lot of games, or this team tires after after an hour and you know, sixty five minutes or so and Sevilla came back into it. Yeah, and and, and, you, also, and, and, you, and you, you sometimes you want to be proactive as a manager with your subs and, and Ollie really is. And, you know, when you say the team tyres and I, I do think there was some component
0: of that, but also it's just the nature of football, isn't it? You, you, How often, if you've got two good teams playing each other and one team has a period of massive ascendancy and then doesn't score, it doesn't have to be a team that tyres to expect that the is going to swing in the opposite direction because sure. it's just the nature of the game, isn't it? And um, that period... Period, the pass from Bruno Fernandes to Mason Greenwood for one of his chances. It's one of the passes of the season. Just just wonderful. And um, I wanted to single out, hey, guess what a surprise. I wanted to single out the absolutely extraordinary performance of Paul Pogba in this game. I thought he was... I mean, I thought he was just brilliant. The only thing yeah. missing was, um, was one final telling contribution. But the way he held off the press... Beat the press on his own. Nine successful dribbles in the game, which is—I mean, just means doesn't literally mean dribbles, does it? it just means getting the ball past a man. And it feels to me like most of those were he had three players on him, and he got it past them, and then usually did something progressive and sane with the ball as well. So, yeah,
1: yeah, a ninety percent pass completion rate from Pogba last night for a creative player—that's that's, that's uh, really high um most of them in the middle of the attacking third he and uh, as you say um he um he created four chances all from open play uh, he he i don't know how many take ons what do you say nine uh, i mean it's yeah it's great uh, 11 nine out of 11 take ons 12 ball recoveries for Bob yeah. a complete performance yeah uh, the kind of performance that will have grand soonest spinning in his hopefully soon-to-be grave (laughs) sorry sorry that's a bit mean um just yeah total all round performance i I saw some frustration from fans i think they're expecting some something different then you know if if you're not scoring a banger from 30 yards or or hitting a 60 yard pass to to create a goal it wasn't a performance but i yeah i thought it was complete midfield performance from him last night and uh then bruno i I mean
0: this was an an excellent game. I mean, I said before, I said before the show, oh, this is going to be a horrendous... Sit before the game, it's going to be a horrendous podcast afterwards when Bruno tries a through ball from the centre circle, gives it away and Sevilla score the winner. That did not happen. Um, I, He... I thought he was just superb. I thought he was on it. And there was one shot which he really stung the keeper's gloves with, with, it, with a shot that was like a snap shot that he had no right to, to, like get a decent shot on that ball from his kind of body shape he just kind of really stuck a leg out and and kind of half volleyed it, it was it was tremendous and there was a shot from a, a tight angle the pass to Mason bunch of just a bunch of smaller contributions all round. and Martial once again very sim had a very similar game to the game he had against Copenhagen where he did absolutely everything exactly right except put the ball in the net
1: yeah that's right. I thought Bruno was excellent. Yeah, very, very good performance. Uh, the kind of level we want to see him at in these big games. Uh, and and, talk, and we didn't mention this really. I mean, it's the only time United have actually played a decent side in the Euro League this season. Uh, but it's the kind of level of game we want. They, they are, uh, with Atletico, the best of the rest in Spain. I mean, they finished on the same number of points as Atletico, which will give you a sense of their quality. It's not the best Atleti side right now. They've sold a lot of their very good players, but it's a very good one um and this Sevilla side has a lot of history in this competition which might or might not count for much football
0: heritage um, is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i'm saying yeah they've got some heritage um so you know we can see the kind of level and and obviously you went quite good enough last night i mean very good but not quite good enough to make sure yeah absolutely and and, and it just gives you a benchmark you know got to get got to get beyond this benchmark and and uh Next season will presumably face much better teams than Sevilla.
0: Yeah, and I think that the kind of narrative that United were like by far the best team and deserved to win, I think, is um, not completely miles wide of the mark. But also, is not the full picture of the game because I, I think was in the detail, isn't it? It was like yeah. United were. Really good, and definitely played the nicest football for the most part, and definitely created the better chances i mean more of more good chances yes. literally um and should have had another penalty genuinely should have had yes, another yeah, penalty no, no, yeah.
1: anywhere else on the pitch in that that tackle on bruno's a a penalty for sure i don't, I don't know why the the var hasn't I mean it is nowhere near the ball. It's it very, it pe- very confusing.
0: It's very confusing. Yes. Peter so Walton, um, the the Peter Walton the ref that they have on BT Sport to do the analysis said um he agreed with the decision it looked like a coming together of two players and and I I I was just watching it going I I just don't I, I don't mean to be nasty or anything i just genuinely don't understand what he's saying because to me fernandez had the ball the defender went thigh to thigh with him clattered him off the ball and that was it and i yeah so that that one was a bit of a a strange one but apart from that united made key mistakes their their finishing was not quite as good as it needed to be i mean the opposition keeper played well but there were a couple which you could have made unsavable and you instead didn't. There's the one that was a brilliant bit of build-up play that was cut back to Martial where he bent it over instead of top corner. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a, a sitter by any, it's just not a Raheem Sterling by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and But then we were really, really, really poor for their two goals defensively. Yeah, and well, so, and isn't it? You
1: can't be pretty box to box and then... Make defensive mistakes and, and not finish your chances. Exactly, I mean, it, you're not going to get anywhere. You, that's your route to being Arsenal, isn't it? So, <laughs> so it's, much uh, at least. Arsenal under late stage finger. So that's
0: um, that's just a plea for nuance, basically, because because yeah. I, I don't want anyone to leave thinking, oh, well, that's the best we played for ages in a semi final. I totally agree. Like it was, I. Apart from the the sadness of the result, I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching this team do its thing. Like, this this team is so much more likeable and has has a sense that it is maybe going somewhere, although I'm not convinced that that will happen. Um, But, yeah, uh, but ultimately I don't think we can go you know, cry, woe is us, fate was against us. I, I don't think it's that story no, either. No,
1: I mean, there's the, the key, a few key things. Details in terms of United's play, and you can only blame yourself on that. So poor defending twice and not finishing, and the, the lack of the throw-in to United and the penalty that wasn't given. I mean, I think you can complain about those, but they happen a lot in football. has uh, eliminated some of that unfairness, but not all of it. Uh, it was 1.3 to 2.5 XG that includes the penalty, so like 1.8 or something, really. So that shows you it was reasonably close, actually. Yeah, all, all... Part, partly because Sevilla's goal was like a 0.8 yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something. Um, and uh, InfoGold there's a fairness rating, they had a, a, it as an index, so 0 to 100, 0 being completely, totally unfair, like United in against Arsenal in the 2005 FA Cup final, um, 100 being completely fair. Um, and is, this was at 57 so you know a high degree of unfairness on that rate if you believe this kind of indices but it'll give you some indication but yes you know very good performance just not quite good enough
0: yeah absolutely so should we take a break and then come back and give out some awards and talk about the future yes let's do it <laughs> If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Eds at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. So, can we start with um, maybe I don't know, for, kind of a hard one actually. Something we've talked quite a lot about um we've put put stuff on social media to get people's input just to help us remember because the season has been going on for literally more than a year um uh but goal of the season um i I think yes
1: so uh, we should we talk about some of the contenders yeah let's do it
0: what have you got what have you got on the sort of short list in your head
1: okay so there is uh, and this might not be in chronological order because it's a year and a bit this uh This campaign is Marcus Rashford's banger against Chelsea, the free kick that went in for miles and wobbled all over the place. It's like we're watching a lot of cricket. That was the wobble seam on the ball, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's
0: just an absolutely fantastic free kick and such a crucial game state as well. Because I think think that was the goal to go 2-1 up maybe in that game. Uh, It was, you know, we, we were in that phase of just beating all the big teams all the time. Um, I think we played a slightly sort of second stringy team against Shell. It wasn't like exactly a first team because it was the League Cup. And Marcus Rashford was just brilliant in that game. And that moment, there's there's just all the fantastic footage from, I watched the kind of United's all the angles video. And yeah, all the kind of main angles are amazing. But my favourite angles are all the shots of the crowd going, this is going into Rosette. Like, watch yourselves. This is, is going to hit someone in the crowd. And then the kind of roar of apology and joy as he hit it, quite literally top bins. An amazing free kick.
1: Lovely, yes. Um, Scott McTominay uh, from 40-odd yards against <laughs> Manchester City, not long before the lockdown.
0: That's one of the funniest goals ever, because we were winning anyway, and uh, it just the it kind of the, the bad pass out from Edison, I think, Yeah, which is a weird thing to say, um, there's well, other making a few
1: mistakes recently. Yeah,
0: other kinds of mistakes he's maybe more prone to. But yeah, it just fell to McTominay and he pinged it in. I mean, that, this is realistically joyous scenes of the season. Maybe coronavirus spike potential scenes as everyone held each other. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, a, a fantastic goal, but not not goal of the season.
1: Then there was Bruno Fernandes from Mason Greenwood's pass on the break versus Brighton. T- ten, ten and a bit seconds, I think, from end to end, this one. Maguire with a lovely header. Matic with a
0: just the body shape on his kind of swerve and hit and pass into space. The trust that he has in Greenwood to get there. The, the measuredness that it doesn't go out for a throw in. Greenwood putting on the mega afterburners beyond all afterburners and then still having both the mental acuity and technical ability to look up, see that Fernandez is unmarked at the back post. Because he definitely I talked about like whether he meant that or not, because there were players closer to the middle of the box. He looked right at Fernandez, and then that dink, that dink cross, I've never, ever, ever. Seen a better cross than that ever? I've seen crosses that are as good as that. I've never seen a better on the run after that level of like after that speed has taken him from the edge of his own box to in there just outside their box to look up and dink it like that. I mean, it was.
1: Oh, I mean, I think Bex has put in a few, yeah. uh... Becks on the volley versus Middlesbrough for Roy Keane. Nine about nineteen ninety six or y- seven, something y- like that. Yeah,
0: that was as good. I agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, lo- lovely goal. Um, just everything, the break, the the technical quality with the passing uh, and the cross and the finish. Um was great. Um so what else we got? Odin Agarlo versus LASK away, last game before lockdown, juggling with the ball and banging it in the top bin for the left foot.
0: Yeah, my memory slightly played tricks on me. I was actually slightly disappointed when I went back and watched this, because I remembered him. him... Disappointed in this goal. (laughs) I remembered him like Colin Hendry. He plays keepy-uppy
1: for about 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) It's really good. It is really good. It's really good. But I think I had uh, grown it into something Ronaldinho-esque or Gazza against Colin Hendry or whatever. It's it's a very, very nice goal. and, And it was great that he scored it
1: and I was gonna mention a Mason Greenwood goal. I don't know which one to mention though. I mean there's the there's the uh, the hit versus Newcastle, um where it comes off the bar, I think, that right. one. Um and then there's the uh strike with his right foot, that no, was left foot, right foot against Aston Villa, then there's the one where he dribbles it across uh Bournemouth. Don't let, don't him, let, turn. let him turn Don't let him turn, <laughs> Oh and no! let him turn. in the top bins. Yeah. yeah they all all super i don't any don't think any of them are best goal of the season but the, the quality of them is really high
0: absolutely Um. they they using a defender as a shield and Getting in the in the near corner and all that stuff. Uh, Martial could have a little goal of the season competition on his own. the The Watford one. The Watford one. It's so funny. It's such a funny goal because he has he's through on goal. Ben Foster does really well to smother the space, and also Martial doesn't do brilliantly. uh, But then he makes up for it because Foster stays with him because the ball comes back to Martial and he just keeps it for a bit, waits for his moment. Just dinks it over Foster into the near court, near post. Phenomenal goal.
1: There's a video on YouTube when I was trying to do some research for this one. That's got so United's best goals of the season. It's from a week ago or so, and there's there's actually forty five of them. But it's um, uh, which is probably about half the total number of goals United have scored this season across all competitions. Uh, and there's some re- really high level of goals United have scored this season. It's because of the quality of player we have in forward areas now but um, so many from Martial where he's opened his body out and bent it into the top corner there were three in the Tranmere game alone Uh, (laughs) Lingard Martial and then uh, Maguire Um, all all stuck it in top bins from about the same position which is kind of funny the um the Martial goal uh, against Sheffield
0: United where Pogba oh yeah it's fi- a stunner yeah yeah well there's the stunner there's the the the, the Martial goal that he scores like one of his best ever Martial goals but the one where Pogba fires it into Fernandez who backheels it to Martial one two with Rashford dink over the keeper I mean that yeah, is it's very nice yeah a worldie, an absolute worldie. Um, so that was... And I think that might have been the hat-trick goal as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, really, really special. Uh, but that performance in general was just really special. So we are we missing any goals yeah, here? Yeah, almost, uh, I would say... We are without doubt missing some goals because it's been such a long season and I really genuinely hardly remember anything that happened before lockdown. In the yeah, football. I mean, I,
1: I, I watched all those 45 goals for, <laughs> to try and. I don't think we're missing any uh, goal of the season contenders, although people may have their particular favourites. Um, I mean, in terms of the actual goal of the season, I mean, I'm sure you've got an opinion. I, I think uh, Odin lovely skill is kind of meaningless game um which kind of takes the rating down a little bit. I thought the juggling was to get himself space yeah. for the shot. Yeah, personally, it was. it was. Uh and then um Martial's host of Watford very nice although I think what um Foster makes it the decision easier for him by coming too close. Um so he got his angles wrong this year. This year. Every year <laughs> Ben Foster for that goal. Um the my favorite goal was uh Bruno Fernandes' Greenwood Maguire on the break,
0: yeah, that's it's just that's just the, lovely. That's the best. I, mean, goal I think of the, the highest
1: technical merit. This was ice skating, is um, is Rashford's uh, free kick on the knuckleball versus Chelsea sticking the top bins. I but what's I, your vote for in all of that?
0: No, I'm voting for the Fernandez goal because that Mason Greenwood cross I think is my moment of the season as well. Like I, the 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 free kick is amazing. But there's something about knuckleball free kicks, which they're great. Like it was a great knuckleball free kick. But the difference between that flying, I don't know if this is, this is probably a really stupid point, actually, as I'm saying it out loud. I'm thinking I don't really agree with what I'm about to say, but that it could have easily gone into Rosette. (laughs) It just happened not to. But that's the same about anything that any footballer tries ever, isn't it? No, no,
1: I know what you're trying to say. I think the, the level of technical difficulty to get it exactly right, with that is so high yeah. that just a slight variation. I, I don't think there's luck involved because no. you're trying to hit the ball in in one particular place. But there's a high degree of variation in those, and that's why very few of them go in.
0: Yeah, but but for me, it's the Fernandez goal. I just I loved everything about it. I loved I loved the the game state. I mean, that was the same against Chelsea. It was it was an important and exciting goal. But just um, that that. Fernandez's goal sums up the best bit of the season to me, which is the bit post-lockdown where before we got completely shattered, where we were playing by far the best football we've played, well, since Fergie. And we did it consistently over a period of a good few games. And every single goal we scored seemed to be a banger. And this was the bangeriest banger of all of them. So uh, if you're if you're happy to give it mostly, to be honest, for the Mason Greenwood assist, then... <laughs>
1: Well, yes, it yes, it's 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 heart overhead, I suppose, um, but it is a lovely all-round team goal.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then that's there's a lot of a lot of fine individual contributions rather than just one moment yeah. of yeah. So okay, great goal of the season. Congratulations to Bruno Fernandes, mostly Mason Greenwood for yeah. <laughs> United's goal of the season.
1: So, so we're going to go uh, through. We'll come to our player of the season, but traditionally, of course, we give everyone a rating, manager and all the players. Oh God! Yeah? When you say so, traditionally,
0: you mean you used to write this down, and I used to have to do it for Bleach Report as well. So we used that, to, that's right. We, so I
1: think we can we can just do it quick off the cuff. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull up can the I, first team squad on on uh, the official site, and just we'll, ask, we'll just quickly run through them. Can
0: I just ask, please, 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 no one get mad. Please don't get mad if I give a number that you don't like please please don't get mad. It's okay it's fine i' just I'm literally just thinking of it off the top of my head. It's almost certainly wrong
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter it's it's a it's opinions all right it's it's, there's, it's it's there's that scene in um inside out the uh Pixar movie where they're going through the sort of library thing and uh the that pink elephant toy her imaginary toy sort of thing knocks over the bucket of opinions and the bucket of facts and he goes oh they're all mixed up well facts opinions whatever
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so this is a it's opinions but b it's also slightly under under undercooked underformed opinions and it's opinions stretched over a period of time that feels like it's been at once at the blink of an i mean I was at that Chelsea game when we won 4-0. There's no amount of rational argument that could convince me that's the same season as the one that just finished yesterday. I mean, I know it is (laughs) in every measurable way, but in every experiential way that matters, that is 25 seasons ago. It's another lifetime. I know, I know. This
1: one's been super dragged out. Wait until the experience of next season where we're going to compress the same season into a month less. It's going to be absolutely bonkers
0: not, not a month less than this season <laughs> this will be in eight months a month less than normal <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so yeah yeah.
1: okay so we're going to run through the goalkeepers nor is the worst possible season known to humanity uh, 10 is the best yeah, obviously ten is, Dave 10 is David De Gea's Dave. season Dave. in 2016 so how do we we're going to each give him a score how do you judge uh Six,
0: because a number Ooh. of incredibly serious, high-profile errors, yeah, uh, and a number of decent performances. The odd wonder save, maybe five, yeah. but that seems very harsh. i was going to go for a
1: five. Yeah, all right, five. I, I don't know if five is harsh because look, if if um, we won't spend too much time on each of these, but if you, I would still pick Dave. If I wanted someone to to save my life, pulling off the most miraculous wonder save, ball going in top corner. I'd still pick Dave for that. But a dribbler from 25 yards that goes through his legs in the same game. Anyone else? It wouldn't surprise me anymore. It's it's a shame, but it's true. Um, So, yeah, I'm going for five. Lee Grant, I don't think he played this season. Sergio's hardly played towards this Europa League, so it's hard to give him a score. He's done fine, Yeah, you know. He's never going to be trusted with the number one shirt. Um, And uh, quick bit of news. Dean Henderson is definitely coming back to United next season, and if they're going to send him on loan somewhere else, which would be odd because... Aaron Ramsdale has joined uh, Sheffield United from Bournemouth for about £18 so he's going to be their new number one.
0: Romero should surely leave this summer, but anyway, this is going to take us forever, so let's keep...
1: I think he should, yeah. I mean, Lee Grant's actually out of contract, so we'll see whether they give him a contract or whether Joel Pereira comes in. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. There's some juggling to do. Victor Lindelof. Four... Whoa, that's a bit harsh. I don't know. He's been, has he, has he been that bad?
0: He's been so he's been much worse than Harry Maguire, who's been quite bad. Victor Lindelof. Well,
1: I am going to give him a five because I, I don't know whether he's been. A four bad. Ugh, Eric Bailly. Uh, he's hardly played. A hundred. So. A <laughs> hundred out of ten for Eric Bailly. I mean, he if it, if it's a rating of fun, Eric Bailly's high in the fun. I just wish he would. If he'd stayed fit, he would be. He would actually be a very good compliment for. For, um, for Harry Maguire, but I just don't know how much we can trust him. He should have played yesterday, Phil by Jones. Uh, Phil Jones, zero. Yes, he should have played yesterday. He should have played yesterday. I agree. Oh, I agree. actually. If he's fit, I pick him first.
0: Phil Jones won for the goal against
1: Tranmere. Did he score against Tranmere? I believe I so. he forgotten that. Yeah, he did, yeah. There was a moment, actually, in yesterday's Severe game where Ocampos tripped over his own feet and then planted his face into the ground. I just thought... Wow, that's Phil Jones. <laughs> he's, just, he's doing his best impression. Yeah, just dreadful. He's got to They've got to sell him. I don't know if anyone will buy him, but even if it was a free, just free up a place in the squad. All right. So now, from now Harry on, Maguire.
0: we are just saying a number. We're not because if we, this is going to take so long if we have a little chat. about Harry age, Maguire, but, uh, if
1: you if you would stop editorializing, we can keep on. Yeah, keep, Harry Maguire, six. I'm going to give Harry Maguire six, yeah. six and a half. Yeah, six. I don't think he's been great, honestly. No. And, and, of course, it's a benchmark against his price, which is not his fault. But you expect, for that kind of money, quality. Chris Morling, good season at Roma, not at United. Marcus Rojo, terrible season, apparently, at Estudiantes. He's coming back. His agent tweeted a picture with his new shirt. What? <laughs> Diogo Dallo, I mean, he scored his first and probably only goal of his United career against Tranmere. Um, I assume they're going to try and sell him or loan him. So, hardly playing in games, can't get a rating. Luke Shaw, I'm going to say five. Honestly, I just don't yeah. think he's that good.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: First, immense meant uh, hard, unfair to, to judge him on three games or something? Aaron wan I'm
0: giving Aaron wan an eight out of ten for this season. That's a very high score, but I think um, I think the attack, the stick that he's got for what he can't do is absolutely ridiculous. If you balance the amount of coverage what he can't do gets over the amount of coverage what he can do gets... Like there's, a, there's a huge. We would have been in massive more trouble this season without Aaron Wambasaka. Yeah. I, I mean, eight might be a tiny bit. Eight might be a little bit shock jockey, a little bit like so annoyed with the criticism that I'm over swinging in the other direction. I have been known to do this about certain French midfielders, for example, or French centre forwards. Aaron not even French. Um, but I think he has had. Um, the best season anyone could reasonably have expected from him, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, look, I, I concur on the unfairness of the judgment about his attacking skills. But it's relevant, um, given the, the top dollar United played paid, you'd want an all-round player. And he's clearly not that. So um, I think it was important for United to fix the defensive problem. So I'm going to give him a seven. He's had a very good season. We need and want more from him, Um, but but, he he defends. I I think also actually one other criticism beyond his lack of attacking output is I've seen quite a few commentators, um, mostly commentators rather than ex-players, talk about um, him diving into tackles as being desperate. I I think it's just his natural skill set. He does go to ground, but he gets the ball so often. Um that I don't think this is bad luck and it's it's normally not him being out of position. it's just the style by I understand. i kind of understand why people kind of make that conclusion yeah they're they're just yeah. wrong he's good excellent twins a b it- oh, it's such a shame he got injured and spent so much of the the season out because of course he started the season in the team so yeah i don't i don't can't give him a score Brandon williams um good start. Then lost his place to Luke Shaw and has been quite poor after the restart, I'd say. So I'm going to give him a six. Agree with every word you just said. I think his ceiling's a lot higher than that. Definitely. But what I'd like to see, and we can talk about this in more depth, is s- sign an attacking left-sided defender and he can provide some, um, some cover and or competition for wan Yeah,
0: I mean, he's uh, miles below wan defensively, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, midfield, Paul Pogba.
0: Well, I mean, uh, pre-injury he was playing really well. He got injured for so much of the season, and then he came back and was absolutely excellent for most of the post-lockdown period. So
1: I think I think his level's been really high post-lockdown. I don't know, surprisingly high. And and you you know what? I know it's not his best or favourite position to play as a sort of. Seven and a half, or whatever it is, not quite an eight, is he? But um in a more controlled uh, way, but he can do it to a really high standard.
0: Seven. So I'd give him like a seven, or even maybe a seven and a half, eight for his pre-injury form, because I remember it being excellent. But don't yeah, quote me on it. Any
1: games he, he played like a month.
0: Yeah, it, but he was so, he, like that Wolves game where we drew one all. He was magnificent in that game, and he was brilliant against Chelsea in the four nil. So he started the season great, then massive chunk of injury I mean literally nine out of ten well eight at least in the post-lockdown period um and so I don't know what that equals out to and I don't think it matters
1: yeah I'm going to give him a seven for the whole season with all that in context um he still gets stick. I just ignore it now I think people he's a outstanding footballer if Real Madrid could afford him they'd buy him tomorrow um, he's he's just he he is a complete midfielder uh, and uh, Bruno has um, helped him raise his level quite a bit. Yeah. One matter?
0: Uh, Na.
1: Yeah, he's hardly played. Don't understand the three-year contract. <laughs> I mean, it's it's two with a a uh, an option, but but knowing United will give him the bloody option, so uh, he he he's. Actually, he's come on. He had that one sort of cameo against Copenhagen. He, you're right; he should have come on earlier against Sevilla. He's got something to offer, but it's not much. So yeah, uh, Jesse Lingard. He's not been injured. He just hasn't played all season, and he's been dreadful when he has. Is my summary?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean he's he he uh, matter. He's only played like a hundred and something minutes more more than matter in the Premier League, but um, I don't feel like he's quite in the na category. I'm like. Uh, so I, I I think he needs to get a number and it's a really low number, four.
1: Which would be about his value on the transfer market. Yeah, I think about three. I think it's dreadful. And, and he was really poor last season as well. And there's just no output. And when there's no output with Jesse Lingard all he offers is the defensive part of his game, and it's just not enough.
0: Mata played it's a lot. Enough. Mata played a lot in the Europa League, so he played the third most minutes of anyone in the Europa League, and he played well. Five and assists. he made a lot of assists. Yeah, so yeah. so actually, yeah. you probably should give him a number, and it should probably be six. six yeah, but uh, yeah, four, three, four for Lingard.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about Jesse. We but any a for- new club, uh, I think, it would be good for him and for United. Andres Pereira played a huge amount before lockdown and then hardly at all after lockdown and and we spent most weeks moaning about how poor his all-around quality was. Couple of bangers, but that's it. Four. Yeah, maybe not even that much. Three. I think his level is 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 bottom of the Premier League slash a different country. Yeah. I- uh, Fred, interesting Fred, because his level was very high. Came after lockdown, he hardly played. But he had a very good game last night. You can't judge his season on, on one game. But that last night's performance was similar to the kind of performances he was putting in prior to lockdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was so bad in that game against Copenhagen um, and much better yesterday. I don't know what to give him across the course of the season because I can't remember how good or otherwise. I remember thinking he I think, was I think good. it
1: was about six and a half to a seven, yeah, maybe. six, six Six and a half.
0: Seven's too nice. Yeah. No, Bruno. no goals or assists, which I know he's no not goals in the team for yeah, that. Yeah, but... which,
1: which you'd like to chip in with, yeah, yeah, a few, wouldn't you, from that kind of player? Um, Bruno, now pro rata, it, it, it's he's not going to work out as a ten, but eight, for his number of at least, yeah, pro rata it might be an eight. For the three of it is just on what he's given because he's been transformative, so it's more than an eight. Yeah, you're um, right. If it's just just a period he's been with us since the end of January. Um, now, now, score for Ed Woodward for not paying the exact amount that Sporting wanted in the summer. Yeah.
0: Um. The the thing yeah. about Bruno is I think he had like three bad games, and even in those bad games, he like was making assists and and doing bits and maybe like scoring penalties and stuff. Uh, Every other game, and most for the most part, it's been, yeah, we've got to give Bruno a nine. It's ridiculous not to. But I just want to caveat that with even if that's the highest numerical score, that doesn't mean he's necessarily player of the season because he didn't arrive till January.
1: That's right. Should have bought him in the summer. Yes. Dan James. Two. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just, not worse I, than Jesse Lingard. Uh, no, he's not worse than Jesse Lingard. He scored those three goals early. Um, he, he He's looked much better when coming off the left than the right. The, the, from the right, he runs into, runs into blind alleys all the time and he can't cross the ball on the left. At least he looks potentially dangerous coming inside, although for the most part, he just runs into players and then looks kind of bemused about it.
0: Yeah, so actually what I would do is I'd give him like a, like maybe a four for the season, it Feels a bit. I don't know. I've lost. I've lost my scale in my head. I hate doing this. Um, I've lost my scale in the head of what means what. But if Jesse Lingard is a three, he's a four. But as a signing, I think it's like unless something changes dramatically, it's a one. Because. Because that is yes. Because
1: United paid twenty million pounds, which I know in the in the context of football these days doesn't feel much, but it's a lot of money to pay for someone who's a development project. He played too many minutes. But if he was think, if, this season, if he was free,
0: unless he's going to be a much better player than he is right now, it's an absolutely terrible
1: signing. Well, no. Look, so if he came through the academy and played a bunch of reserve games and been on loan at Swansea and then came back, you go, hey, he's a decent prospect, but he shouldn't be playing. Loads of minutes. I I, um, I think I would be looking at him going, "What
0: the hell is this guy having a?" If he was an academy product, I would probably be excessively defensive about him for reasons. But otherwise, I'd be looking at it going, "What is this guy doing anyway? How is this the guy that's making it out of the academy?" Now, this could all change because there might be stuff I've not seen. There might be a ceiling there. I mean, we've seen him make you know goal contributions and stuff early in the season, but he just looks
1: awful to me. He looks out of his depth. Is what it, He looks like he doesn't know how to play at this kind of level and where to run and when to make the runs and when to pass. Uh, you know, it, Wolf Zaha, when he came to us, did a similar thing, didn't understand the kind of game at this level. Um, I think Wolf probably has a much higher ceiling than Dan James, probably. Uh, so and right now, the only time you'd use him is if you were... up in a cup tie, and you want someone who you can knock the ball over the top to and stretch the game. Uh, That's it. Anyway, so yes, I think it's like a 4 or something like that. Nemanja Matic... Strange season, isn't it? Because seven? it's been all over the place, hasn't it? You know? Yeah,
0: across the season, seven, post-lockdown, the good bits of post-lockdown, maybe an eight. Like, I, I know you're going to say all the things you always say when we talk about Matic, so, you know, refer to previous things. But I think for the most part, he's made a really positive contribution to United this season. And I, I was I'm surprised to be saying that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's had some very, very good games uh, and he's a problem. He didn't have a very good time pre-lockdown. There were a a couple of weeks, maybe, what, a month or so prior to lockdown where he was very good. I think in the early part of the season he wasn't. He just didn't play. He
0: he played 18 league games this season and and he played every game after lockdown. So,
1: like, he he just it took him... It, It says something about United's planning squad planning of which there appears to be none that he was just given a three-year contract he's just turned 32 it is for me it is insane to commit that much money um on on the length of contract we've just done but we have done so yeah i mean i'd say about six and a half for the season overall
0: he got into the team about christmas time and just stayed in the team ever ever since christmas so uh, and and was generally playing pretty well, I think, for most of that period. So yeah, I think seven seven seems fair for Matic this
1: season, which is a weird thing to say. Scott McTominay was in the side. And then was not in the side. Yeah, I mean, just uh, post lockdown, he
0: just swapped places with Matic, basically. He went from being ahead of him in the pecking order to behind him in the pecking order. I thought he was absolutely excellent in a lot of those big games where we, we played well. Um, and and I, I think, especially if you kind of compare it to expectation, I think Matic partly gets a seven because I thought he was completely dead. And it turns out he's not completely dead. McTominay... I think McTominay definitely deserves the same rating as Matic because they had the opposite seasons, basically, timing-wise.
1: Yeah. I mean, my feeling about McTominay is that Mourinho used him in just a very, very narrow way uh, as a number six, and he's probably not that. He's he's probably competing for a place with Fred rather than competing for a place with Manu Matic in terms of what he offers the side. It's The balance of the side is an issue for him, so he he can either... Become that alternative in certain types of games, or if he really wants to become a defensive midfielder, he's going to have to work on those aspects of his game. So we'll, we'll see yeah. with Scott where he ends up. But yeah, six and a half to seven for me, decent season. Four league progress, four
0: league goals, pretty good for a player that's playing this position. Pretty good.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's. I think he's more than a number six. Yeah, but I don't know exactly where where I'll end up. Anyway, forwards, uh, Anthony Martial. Breakthrough season, a breakthrough season. He's been at the club five years, but but a consistently excellent season. Shame he lost a couple of months through injury. When like his level is, if he can stay completely fit for the whole of next season, you know, touch wood because we wouldn't need him to. He he he's he's twenty five thirty goals. He's going to score those goals with the amount of creativity we have in this side now. I
0: think he got twenty three in all comps this season and. Um, I want to give him an eight out of 10. I, I think there's, there's. I think eight's fair when he's been on the pitch yeah. and fit. He's been excellent. Yeah. I mean, maybe even eight is a little. No, there's been, there's been games where he's disappeared and, you know, he's not been perfect. No, I, I, and nine isn't perfect, obviously, but I feel like nine out of ten is absolutely, like, stunning. I mean, his best performances have been, have been clear ten out of tens. There haven't been many stinkers. He, he did take a while to get going in the season, I seem to remember, but new position and all that. I mean, one thing we can say is that the, the giving him the number nine shirt, playing him through the middle, it's working. Keep, long way it continue.
1: Eight out of ten. Marcus Rashford, uh, strange season, right? So really excellent uh, prior to that back injury. And and then and back injury, by the way, we haven't talked about it much, but that was exacerbated by playing him when he already had the injury because he had the scan prior to this, and which was another aspect of Ollie's management. We've talked about a fair amount this season how he's used players and especially injured players. But excellent and then I think honestly very poor post lockdown.
0: Yeah, one, one good one good game, a number of good moments post lockdown, but I actually think that he gets maybe one mark less than Martial for the season. Um because of how I don't think Martial's had. I mean, listen, I literally could be wrong about this because I don't remember. It's a long time ago. But it doesn't feel to me like Martial's had the same kind of now quite extended run. I'm not blaming Rashford for this. I don't think it's relevant to his future as a as a United player. I think he needs a he needs a break. It's been a struggle for him to come back. Uh, you know, fine. That's that is not a knock against Rashford. Seven seems low. Eight seems high. For Rashford. So yeah, no, seven and so. a half. Th-
1: yeah, seven, seven and a half seems about right. I think he's been excellent. I mean, he season. was
0: amazing pre lockdown. He was carrying he the was. team.
1: He he was. And um I think the and he's getting some pelters right now because he's he's been quite poor recently. Um there's something quite not quite right about him. He's not running with the ball or off the ball in the way that we expect him to. I'd like to see him get a full month off, be recovered mentally physically come back um strong for next season Odin Agallo interest cuz he's barely played since we've come back from lockdown i mean they've extended his loan because we're short of numbers um although you know we've got Martial Rashford and Greenwood can all play up top but if one of them's injured but then we have problems in other areas so that's why they've extended his loan he scored some decent goals what, four or five goals this season few um, I don't know did he get a Premier League goal this season Three, in the Europa four, League and some
0: Cups five goals and one assist
1: um, five goals and one assist yeah he's, he's done alright yeah
0: fine there was a there was a nice period I, I think he hasn't actually done anything post lockdown apart from he did score against uh, Norwich um I mean, he's not, not played a great deal at all. Played 90 minutes against LASK, though. Um, but, yeah, I I, I think a, a solid, a, a, a respectable 6 out of 10, not a bad 6 out of 10, a kind of like... No, well, that's right. Good if you like that's that right. kind of thing, 6 out of 10. And finally, Mason Greenwood. 100! Our second only <laughs> yeah, 100 out of 10. I am giving Mason Greenwood an unequivocal 10 out of 10 for this season based on not just because I love him, I mean, there have been games where he didn't influence p- play. There have been games where he yes. tried things that didn't come off. His I don't mind that. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing more I would have expect. literally nothing more I would have expected of Mason Greenman. In fact, he's spectacularly exceeded reasonable expectations of him this season. So, yeah, 10 out of 10 for me.
1: Yeah. And, and his improvement pathway is is do more on the ball, and off the ball when he's not in shooting position. Play more centrally. Right? So,
0: like that's that's gonna yeah. make a massive difference. And, and there's
1: probably his future, um, but we can use him in wide areas if it's if it's not, or he can play up top in a two if United play in that kind of system in some games. Yeah. So yes, I think relative to expectations, ten out of ten, absolutely perfect. In absolute terms it's like a seven or something like that. But it's um you know, great breakthrough season for Mason and he's gonna have a, a fantastic career.
0: Yeah. So that's good. I mean, not player of the season. That's it's not. That's not how it works. a uh, player of the season for me. Let's let's just get straight into it then, because um, we've been talking a long time. I mean, we normally do position by position awards, but you can work that out from the conversation we've just had. I think it's Wamba um Fernandez. Uh, I mean, Pogba in with a good shout there, but just injured for a lot of the season.
1: Um, you forgot, uh, forgot the keepers it's Dean Henderson
0: yeah, yeah it literally is Dean Henderson isn't it um, so uh, yeah I mean Fernandez and Pogba actually played almost exact. they can share the award for middle uh, midfielder of the season played exactly the same number of minutes basically um, uh and then I, I think it's Martial. I think player of the season is Martial. That's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah, my, my top three and my explanation for them would be number three, Marcus Rashford. Outstanding prior to lockdown and prior to injury.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, very and, crucial. And not
1: since then. So if, he, if he'd been fit the whole season, I suspect it would have been Rashford. Bruno Fernandes for the impact he's had since then, but he didn't play the whole season. That's Ed Woodward's fault. One out of ten for Woodward. Naught out of ten. No one out. No football one, heritage. One out of
0: ten. He signed him. So you have to give him at least a yeah. point for for not not signing him.
1: Um, so yeah, Bruno second, and then Anthony Martial. I think all round consistency and excellence uh, player of the season for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely great. Um, that's nice, I, and not Luke Shaw
1: <laughs> last year's player of the season, which fucking
0: ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it was the as as Scott said, the worst ever Man United player of the season.
1: We have we, we haven't had the official. No, Awards.
0: are they happening? The, the, I don't know. Surely, no, surely le- no. They, I mean, they can't do they can't do a do, can they? Not n- crazy socially distanced to do with Jim Rosenthal shushing from behind a mask. Um, <laughs> that's
1: but uh, rating for the manager. What do you think, Ollie? Whereas Ollie, I mean, my my personal view on Ollie is that he's added a second dimension to United's game. Yeah, which is we're now a fluent attacking unit, not just a counter-attacking unit. Um, and you can feel a personality coming out in the United's team very strongly. He's become a more authoritative voice. There's less of a sort of little schoolboy. There's not not much of it, but I think there's a little bit. I thought his press conference the other day before to Sevilla was pretty he's
0: good. Get, he's getting better at press conferences. He's not better on the touchline. He's still exactly that no. kind of... I don't.
1: He still looks confused and stands still a lot, and then after the horse has bolted, he comes out and, and um, <laughs> tells people what to do. But and it's funny, you do see more of it. Um, now there's no crowd. Uh, you, you see the managers interacting. Um, so he's added a, an extra dimension. He's clearly still learning on the job. His in-match game management and substitutions still feels very poor and reactive. Yeah, I don't remember him proactively changing a, a game much it's almost, this year. It's
0: almost like I'd like to give him a kind of series of different marks. It's so like tasting players, the, the kind of players he's trying to sign... I like that a lot. That that's that seems really good. The best of the bunch, actually, since Fergie left. Actually, weirdly, the players that Moyes was after were fine, you know. But Van Hal horrific taste in players. Mourinho very mixed at best. suffering, yeah, no, from, 100%. from Van Hal's,
1: yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent.
0: But ollie Oli's taste in players excellent. Um, his man management, especially of his strikers. And and the, how well coached they look, really good. For early parts of the season, the defensive structure looked good, although that has gone since McTominay left. Um, the in-game management stuff is absolutely awful. The fitness management is beyond a joke terrible. So yeah, I don't I'm know sorry. how you tally all of those things up. I'd much rather Oli was the manager than any of the other managers we've had post-Ferguson, not just because I like him, but also because of what is being served up on the pitch. But there's there's much better to come. I, I feel like six out of ten seems like a little. It seems in a way you could empirically say third place in the league, a bunch three semi-finals. Six out of ten feels not enough. Um, and that might just that might be no, true. but that's a
1: score for the. If you if you said United as a whole had a seven out of ten season oh. for all that, you know, I mean it's relative to expectations now, not in the past. I mean we'd be going mental if if, if this is two thousand five or something we were <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, maybe not in the pod but you know um, but for Oli I think he's made a lot of mistakes and he's learning on the job and United uh, giving him some patience now well will they back him will they back because if they don't they're screwing him over
0: I almost feel like it's the mark that he gets for this season really does depend on what happens next because is it just that these players don't need that much coaching and they're just they're they're really good players and you kind of give them a bit of freedom and they love it and they, they can do that on their own. I don't think that's the case personally. I, I think there's, there's evidence of real quality coaching with these players. Um, I mean, Gave Greenwood a 10 out of 10 just to have the room in the side to be picked, to be trusted, all of that. He's made, he's made a bunch of really good decisions and a bunch of seemingly quite bad decisions. So
1: yeah, it, Pep Guardiola said after Leon dumped City out the Champions League this week that tactics don't really matter in these games. So uh, he's bizarrely switched to a back three. <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, he was clearly just covering for himself, and he was clearly completely wrong. And and what I am looking from for Oli, as well as the in-game management and better management of like workload and injury, which I think I think are the two worst things, are are understanding the difference in different types of games and being able to adjust for that. And I don't see much of that yet.
0: But then, um, I don't know. Uh,
1: maybe what he needs is uh, Carlos Quiroz to Alex Ferguson, you know? And I, I don't really, for all the time Mike feeling has been at the club, I don't really know what he offers as a as a coach like that. I don't feel like he's that.
0: Well, he's not that, but he's doing the job of, I think he's a big part of why they all look... Free and happy, and that stuff, which is really important. Maybe Carrick or Kieran McKenna can grow into that Kieros figure. You know, um, maybe uh, it's a, it's a these are big questions. So see. I think six out of ten is a fair result, but it's like it's almost like six pending upgrade
1: to a seven, depending on what happens next. Fair enough. All right, should we take a mini break and then we'll come back and talk about the future? Okay. Super long pod this week. Great. <laughs>
0: If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That.
1: So we'll wrap up this extra long show, final show of the season, uh prior to our tiny little break. Uh talking about the future and um awful lot of and and the future is highly tied up in in transfers, obviously, because uh, as Ollie has talked about a couple of times this week, if United want to reach that next level, it is about getting better players than we've got right now and the right kind of players for the right position. So what does Ed Woodward need to achieve this summer in in order for United to get closer to City and to Liverpool and to compete in the Champions League in what is going to be one hell of a compressed season?
0: Well, the thing that is really sort of heartbreaking about this show, I mean, that was a, it was a heartbreaking game and it was really sad that we got knocked out in the way that we did and that we are... Not in that final, which would have sort of felt weirdly fitting in a way for the way the season's gone. Although, as somebody pointed out to me on Instagram, at least it spares us the ignominy of a Sanchez header from a Ashley Young cross um, destroying our dreams. So, yeah, there is that. But um, really, the saddest thing about doing this is I can't see any chance that this really good transitional season turns into a really good United like i i just don't I just don't see there's any chance of the the things that get done like even the Sancho stuff like it's been relentless in in the 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 papers and all the 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 stuff about it It just goes on and on and on, and that's fine that's that's how these things work right now it's gone from looking like this was really all the briefing seemed very positive to now the briefing seems much more questionable and now i'll be like pleasantly surprised if we sign sancho which is which is a a shift from a couple of weeks ago that that might just be wrong but that's how i feel about it the worst thing about it though was when there was the the kind of briefing going out that all other transfer work is going on hold to complete the sancho deal it's like sancho doesn't solve everything the other transfer work is at least as important if not more important because we need quality and depth Depth of quality. We need three or four signings this summer and they don't all have to be absolutely elite level talents, absolutely not, but they have to collectively upgrade. So we're in a position of there's 15, 16, 17 players next season that are, you know, maybe some players will come through the academy and Brandon Williams was a big surprise. I don't even think um, Mason Green was obviously a lot of surprise in terms of talent, but maybe that's even a surprise how much first team football he's played this season. So that's another way you can increase squad depth. Um, But so it's not just all about transfers, But I just think we're in for given the the time restraints, given the financial situation in world football, given the general uncertainty about the global economy and all these things, I just don't see this summer being what we need it to be. And I think we're going to be looking at trying to trying to consolidate and hold at the same level we've got to this season rather than getting to the next season, next level next season.
1: Yeah, sadly, I agree with you. I, I I would like to see United use this as, um, well, in fact, what I'd really like to see is United do the thing that Chelsea and City are going to do, which is use the relaxed financial uh, um, arrangements to really push hard in the transfer market. Um, it's slightly different for United because United don't have an FFP problem in the way that City and, and Chelsea do. Uh, and uh, there's a hell of a lot of leeway. It's just we don't have owners who are going to stick equity into the business and they want to take their money out. So United could take our finances, which even though they will have been hit really hard, are relatively strong compared to the rest of football around Europe, um, and swing our massive financial dicks around um, and get the three or four players that we need to really push on. This is It could be a transitional season for the club, not just for what Oli is trying to build. Right, so if you had a the ability to execute and the vision, we could go do that. Uh, but sadly, I agree with you; that's not going to happen. Um, Sancho, if it happens, will be right at the end of the transfer window, which is the fifth of October, uh, and uh, you know, and a month into the season, or two weeks into United season. But we know preseason, and and it will be kind of disruptive. Albeit an outstanding player with outstanding numbers, who would you know, immediately move United to another level. Uh, But you're right, the real problem is in depth and and it's around the key positions which I'm boringly talking about a lot. It's central defence. It's, um, and I don't think there's an obvious option unless Tunes Aby pushes on and and he can only push on if he plays games. And he doesn't because he's injured all the time. It's a career-long thing, not just last season. Um, At left-back, I don't see an obvious option. I mean, Ethan Laird, who's the next best option out of the Academy, gets injured a lot and he's a right back. That's why Brandon Williams plays at left back. Um uh, and and I think another body in midfield, especially defensive midfield. Uh and there's an option there in Hannibal Majory, who's um who's who's outstanding. I don't know whether you've seen much of him in the academy. He's just technically brilliant. He's not a defensive midfielder, but he's a he, he might be the surprise breakthrough. He's you know, Still very young, so I think it's unlikely. Um, and then, yeah, the wide forward um, would add a lot to United's game. But that's where United need to go and, and there's the option to do it. And despite the huge loss, the club can, can manage it. And the club can manage it through um, playing the transfer market in the right way and not playing it, paying everything up front like we did with Harry Maguire and spreading it out over contracts. And, and honestly... If all the reports are true that we may not get Sancho because we're playing around with 10 million euros, it's just insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, I don't hold out much hope that this United will use this as a real breakthrough summer.
0: No, um, and, and that's that That then leaves the future as being very similar and it will be about how much does Chelsea improve? Um, will Arsenal get it together to really climb significantly.
1: No, but Chelsea are going well, che- to, right? Chelsea so definitely
0: will. We're going to be in a fight for fourth place again. Oh, oh yeah, but the, the, the City, you could almost say that City, Liverpool and Chelsea, they're, they're they're the three spots that it's going to be really bad if Chelsea don't get in the top four for them. So there's three spots taken in the top four. And actually, we're not going to be fighting with Chelsea. We're going to be fighting with Leicester, with Tottenham, with Arsenal, with, I mean... Wolves. Pro- yeah, Wolves.
1: Sort of, maybe. Yeah. We'll see what happens with there recruitment
0: exactly so it it almost becomes can we hold them off now our squad is substantially better well our first 11 is substantially better than theirs our first 11 is a, a genuine match for you know the the well we beat the top two well we we drew with Liverpool 15 minutes away from being the only team to have beaten them at that point in the season we beat City three times this season we beat Chelsea a numerous I think we beat Chelsea three times as well um so you know our starting elevens is just not the issue it's 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 the it's the depth and I'm I'm, I'm not sure that's coming so so I think we I mean, we'll do a proper season preview when we'll be able to talk about this. But, but right now, I'm, I'm, I wish I could go out on a super optimistic note. The one thing I will say is, right at the beginning of this season, I said, "I don't care what happens. I just want it to be fun," and I really meant that. I re- and it is fun, exactly. Like this is, this is the, th- this is why I can't engage with football on social media at all because people are so obsessed with success and winning that that they're not enjoying it, and I don't. And I don't know how you don't see this team and go, yeah, it's flawed. Yeah, the manager's flawed, but he's one of our own. The team's packed with like incredibly likable players, both off the field and on the field. And this is this is as this has been, in fact, the season of fun. It really was a season of fun. And I, I'm kind of my best case for next season is that it's another season of fun because I, I don't think it's going to be a bunch of winning stuff.
1: No, so uh, we are not going to get the director of football, <laughs> which was floated again the other week, uh, and certainly not one who's um, who's sort of in charge of United's incomings and outgoings. We may get a technical director, we'll see about that one. That would be more about squad management, which is really poor as well, in terms, of, especially in terms of the contracts we we uh, offer up. Um, we may get some players uh, if if they decide Sancho isn't happening and they may divert resources elsewhere, but we're not going to do the big bang stuff, shock and awe. Um, because you know what? The marginal gains for the Glazers from moving up to third to second um, are a lot smaller than the cost of doing that. Sad to say. But next season should be fun too. I think it's going to be hectic. I mean, you look at the schedule, 13 games. United will play, with no changes in in, uh, the schedule, will play in January and December. You know, that's that's 12 League, one FA Cup, third round. Um, uh, October and November will be the Champions League. So there's uh, six games scheduled in the league and then six in the Champions League. That's another... (laughs) It's going to be wild. Um, Like, almost every week will be um, uh, Saturday, Wednesday or some variant of that. A couple of breaks for international weeks. Um, Yeah, fun, fun. But I think if it's basically the same squad transported into next season, we're going to really suffer. And don't be surprised we don't go backwards in terms of um, placings, because it was a very low scoring third, fourth, fifth, sixth this season, and it might not be next season. Um, And the Champions League is a level that is not going to allow Oli to play all the kids like he did in the Europa League group stages. So, they're not even going to be able to rotate in the same way. So, yeah, anyway, don't mean that to be negative. I think we've got to. We've moved on this season. Um next season we we just need more numbers. And also we didn't talk about outgoings. There should be some outgoings to make space. Smalling, we assume they'll find a buyer. Rojo, they should find a buyer. Pereira, uh, talk about him going, and Lingard should definitely go as well because it's good for their careers. There you go. Great. All right. Sold United's problems in 10 seconds. Thanks,
0: everyone. So, Patreon backers, stay tuned for our last little roundup of um, football this season. Everybody else, we will see you. uh, But when we find out when United will start play, couple of days before the season starts that we'll do a season preview uh, until then we are having a bit of time off because i am absolutely sick of the sound of my own voice um, so thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you you and thousands of others we'll see you next season
1: bye now thanks a lot for listening